Hello and welcome to the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the markets and helps you make smart choices with your investments. These are entirely our own views and that of our guests. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that'll be happy to chat if you need. So it's the first week of February and I'm back in the virtual booth, uh, in other words, my office at home rather than an actual studio for this podcast. And it's been a fairly tough start to the year for share markets around the world. The extent of declines vary, but several key share market indices, including New Zealand's, have retreated by around the 10% mark that commentators technically refer to as a correction for share markets. The tech-heavy Nasdaq has been down closer to 17% from its late 2021 highs at, at one stage during January. After an unusually flat 2021 for New Zealand shares, this wasn't the start that local investors had been hoping for. So joining me today to discuss what's been happening and share some thoughts on the outlook is Greg Smith from Devon Funds Management. This is Greg's first podcast with me, but his name and voice should be familiar with many listeners because Greg has been in the business media a lot over the past 20 years or so. So welcome to the podcast, Greg. Chris, th- thank you for that introduction. Very kind. Uh, great to be here and yeah, really excited about it. And you joined uh, Devon last year. Can you uh, tell us a bit about your, your new role there? Yeah, so basically I'm heading up uh, retail here. So uh, really it's about sort of strengthening the, the retail ties uh, to the advisor network, but also to uh, re- retail investors and leveraging what's um, a great brand uh, and a fund manager for great track record. So, yeah, really excited about it. It's a great team and uh, I knew actually a couple from sort of uh, prior days. So uh, that was quite nice as well. Yeah, and uh, we've had uh, many good podcasts with uh, people from Devon and it's neat to have have you on board. Um, but before there, I know you spent a long time at, at Fat Profits, which is a, a name uh, that I came across a lot when I was in Australia, and you were head of research there. Um, it's a high-profile Aussie business, but you uh, did that role from New Zealand, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it was at uh, various offices over the over the time of uh, Fat Profits, and uh, yeah, had a had a great time. But yeah, ironically enough, uh, yeah, was was running the the research department from New Zealand with our analysts largely based uh, across the ditch. And as you can imagine, that all became quite challenging. Uh, yeah, with with the arrival of COVID, and uh, yeah, not even not even getting a chance to sort of attend a, a going away bash uh, or, or the Christmas party. So, but yeah, no, it was a great great time there. But yeah, really excited about this role, and yeah, it was tyranny at distance, I suppose, as, as part of it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's something that we're all grappling with, and and you're used to working remotely to a certain extent from that from that situation, I guess, uh, with um, with being here, but a lot of the team over in Aussie. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, quite ironic, uh, you know, joining some Devon just sort of prior to that uh, to that August snap lockdown that we went into. So, uh, yeah, sort of the, the work from home thematic was something I'd, I'd been used to for a while. So, yeah, it sort of continued uh, for a few months. But obviously we got out of things, uh, uh, yeah, towards the end of the year, which was fantastic. Yeah, I wished for a, a better year as my New Year's resolution um, at the end of 2020, but I didn't even dare think along those lines at uh, this uh, this. New Year's, but it's uh, certainly been a uh, an action-packed month so far. Now, and and on that front, there's a couple of overlaps with our roles. You're you're regularly interviewed on the radio to discuss markets as well, and I know that this isn't the first uh, time over the past week or so you've been discussing uh, 
market volatility. And so listening to one of your podcasts and, and reading your market reports is why I thought you'd be a great guest for this podcast. So so let's get into it. And um, having read a bit of the stuff that you've been writing, let's um, start with inflation and interest rates because they come up pretty quickly uh, in most people's list of worries at the moment. We've been talking about it for a while, but that certainly seems to be one of the main things that's bugging markets at the moment. And, and why do you think markets are reacting so negatively, having taken a bit of inflation and, and talk about central banks hiking in their stride until only a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we, here we are in a, in a pandemic and we've got a new variant to deal with. Um, yet it's something a bit more old fashioned that, that everyone's worrying about, the, the, the two eyes, inflation, uh, and interest rates and how they're in, inextricably intertwined, as it were. Look, I think you know, perhaps the sort of reason there's been a been a shift, of course, last year we had, uh, obviously we had, well, not even just last year, we had unprecedented stimulus pumped in uh, globally across the financial system. Uh, yeah, history would have told us when that, that happens, that often drives inflation. The whole idea was to re-inflate economies and, and be a safety net, I suppose, for what was going on. Uh, with COVID. And I think last year the message was, yeah, look, we need to do this. We need to administer the, the medicine, as it were, to the patient, as to the global and local economies. Uh, and, you know, consequences of this might, you know, would be some inflation, but, you know, that would that would dissipate over time. And I think we were getting that tune from the central banks as well. Remember, we had the Fed telling us that it was all sort of inflationary, sorry, transitory, should I say, in terms of those inflationary pressures. And then there was a change, wasn't there? We sort of knew interest rate rises were coming. We already had those in New Zealand last October. But then it was that sort of sea change. Of, OK, 2022, here we are. They actually are going to be rising globally this year. And these inflationary pressures, we suddenly started getting told, oh, actually, uh, maybe they're not so transitory. Maybe they hang around and maybe we do need to act a bit more vigorously uh, than perhaps thought. And I think that's what's unnerved investors a bit you know, as we get into it th this year. Yeah, and that, that transitory nature of inflation is, is so interesting. I mean, for a decade, and the problem with inflation was it was too low, and then um, put a pandemic on top of that. Um, you can understand why central banks were even more worried about inflation being too low, but here we are two years later, and, and, the, uh, and the discussion is about is it is it transitory or is it something more permanent? And and uh, we've certainly, as a as a team of economists at ASB, uh, gone out of the transitory camp and are, and are worried about some of the longer term capacity constraints that we're seeing. And what's your take? What camp would you put yourself in with uh, with regard to how long this inflation is going to hang around, Greg? Yeah, well, it's certainly interesting, isn't it? If you take a historical perspective, just looking at the last twenty years, you know, you've had two big prior events, haven't you, with the, the dot-com crash, and then you obviously had the GFC, and you had lots of um, stimulus administered in, in both those situations. So I think that's why there was a bit of a belief, as you say, about transitory. So, look, I think as things stand, yeah, it's probably, there's probably sort of two sides to it, as there is every sort of story. I think there's some pressures that maybe do ease a bit as supply chains uh, ease, uh, and we've seen you know, some of those blockages really come to force. And if you look at the outlook statements from some of the large corporates, including some of the tech names uh, in the in the US, sort of saying these supply chain pressures might start to moderate. I think even Apple sort of made made those comments. So I think there's that side of things. But then there's the other side that, yeah, they might be a bit more persistent. Um, I'm just going to rents rising, but we've also got wages. You know, we're looking at pretty full employment markets pretty much everywhere globally. And wages are starting to rise. You know, how is that all going to play out? And I think, you know, I do agree that side of things 
might be a bit more persistent. Um, but yeah, it, time will certainly tell in sort of the months ahead. Yeah, you will certainly, um, it's the wage pressure is understandable. And even though we're starting to see wages uh, go up on an annual basis, when you're, when you're getting CPI prints of uh, close to 6% here and even higher overseas, you can understand why the, uh, the worker's gonna be um, really pretty keen on getting a pay increase just to keep their, uh, their head above water with the sort of pressures we're seeing on, on prices and the whole, whole economy. And so, so there's, there's quite a bit to worry about on that front. But meanwhile, the COVID news has been pretty negative, but investors took that in their stride over the past year, including those record highs that we mentioned for offshore share markets, at least in the fourth quarter of last year. Has it surprised you that we've taken um, the COVID developments, uh, particularly with this uh, latest variant, um, in our stride um, over, over that period late last year? Oh, for sure. When you look at the whole, you know, if you go right back to March 2020, we all thought it was sort of, uh, well, a lot thought it was Armageddon. And then obviously there was a sort of a repricing. And then there was the reality that, yes, look, you know, central banks would come to the rescue, governments would come to the rescue again. And of course, uh, a lot of companies have been turbocharged by by the pandemic. You think of all, all the stay-at-home stocks led by the technology sector, which has led the way on a number of fronts over the past couple of years. Of course, we had the vaccines, which have come along as well. And I think that sort of helped to um, ease fears. And then markets, you know, ultimately are, are forward-looking. So we're looking at you know, the world reopening, you know, we're, we're in a little bit different situation here at the moment in New Zealand, but yeah, much of the world is, is getting on with it. I speak to people in the UK, I speak to people in Australia, they are starting to get on with life, um, you know, pursuing different strategies, of course. And I think markets are sort of looking forward to that. You know, we've got through the hard yards, um, economies aren't gonna roll over and fix, they're gonna reinflate and there's gonna be some some growth there as well. So I think that's, that's why. Yeah, there's so many themes and thinking about the New Zealand market, um, we've really been in the same boat as offshore markets over the past couple of weeks in terms of the decline. But here that comes on the back of that flat year last year for shares um, in contrast to global shares that went very, very well. And another thing that's different here is um, We've got a central bank that's actually raising rates. They stopped buying bonds last year and they started raising interest rates at the end. So we're a bit out of sync in a number of uh, ways. And, and what do you think of the local market's performance over the past year or so? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's pretty interesting. If you look at the first um, three quarters or so of last year, you know, the New Zealand market didn't didn't do too badly. Uh, and even the that snap lockdown in August, uh, the market actually embraced that. New Zealand market actually did quite well during that period. Uh, but you look at what the catalyst was, and of course, yeah, the RBNZ did delay what was meant to be in a, a laydown mazir in terms of a rate hike uh, due to that lockdown. But then, of course, they went in October, and very, as you say, very much out of sync with the rest of the world. And I think we were only beaten by Norway from, from recollection in terms of central banks you know, yeah, to, to raise rates. So, mm. so I think that was the cold, hard reality of uh, New Zealand you know, uh, raising rates while the rest of the world wasn't. And obviously we're a very dividend heavy, dividend centric stock market. I think you know, that, you know, that certainly sowed the seed. Uh, you scroll forward to the end of last year and we were heading for a, a 5% decline calendar uh, 2021. And we were obviously saved by good old Santa came to the rescue a little bit of global markets late December, didn't we? We finished sort of slightly, around about flat there or thereabouts. So mm. yeah, I think there was that, you know, there's the New Zealand market being dividend heavy, being a little bit less diverse than a lot of other 
uh, markets, also obviously lacking that technology element to the same degree as well. So I think that all goes into it. Also, you have specific stories, you know, let's not forget Fish and Pago Healthcare, big beneficiary of the pandemic. You know, that thematic start to, started to moderate, didn't it? Uh, and then you had other names going backwards as well. Think about A2 Milk and, uh, you know, initially it was going to be all okay. Uh, April, May, you know, it was, everything was looking pretty good. And then, okay, the update from the company, uh, it wasn't so good. And obviously that that stock went into reverse and had a, had a bit of an impact in, in on sentiment generally. So I think that was some of the themes when I look back and try and you know, sum up how our market's gone over the, the last year or so. And obviously we have, um, you know, we've underperformed into, uh, into 2022 as well. But, you know, I think it's important to take a long-term perspective on, on the value in our market and, and some of the things which may drive it going forward. Yeah, I think the, the two things I always try and focus on, particularly when we've had a tough year like last year, um, is firstly, um, over the longer term, like if we looked over 10-year performance, uh, the New Zealand market's done, done incredibly well. And the second thing I think about is the fact that fund managers such as Devon tend to look at the Australasian market rather than just the New Zealand share market because of the, I guess, the eclectic nature of the uh, the New Zealand market and the fact that there are some pretty big sectors that are um, that you couldn't invest in if you just treated New Zealand as your investment universe. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, and you make a great point about you know that long-term perspective. You know, how long were we sort of talking about New Zealand as the uh, as the rock star? economy and you know the New Zealand market could sort of do no wrong for a long period of time there you know, outperformed so you, you've got a place there in context I completely agree and for sure you know, the, the, the Kiwi exchange is a, is a has been a, a shrinking market to a certain degree you know, IPOs have been quite thin on the ground so yeah in terms of, it's quite easy to broaden the net and look at the Australasian market in totality you've got a lot more sectors to choose from a lot more companies and yeah so I, I think that you're completely right about um yeah, but you're putting that in one context. Yeah. Now, another point that you touched on a little bit there was the high dividend um, yield from stocks in, in New Zealand. And that was certainly pretty appealing for investors at the time when term deposits uh, uh, went down so much. I think back to uh, 15, 20 years ago and uh, when you could get such high term deposit rates here, it made it pretty hard to sell uh, a New Zealand share portfolio. But as those uh, term deposit rates have got lower and lower and lower, the, the high dividend yield of the New Zealand market's been really, really popular. So it's understandable that on the other side of it, we're sensitive to rising interest rates in the economy. And over the past six months or so, our term deposit rates have gone from around 1% to knocking around the 3% mark, which does impact uh, investors, investors' thinking. But the other interest rate sensitivity, I guess, is when we look at something like the NASDAQ, that's uh, very tech heavy, a lot of growth stocks in there which are interest rate sensitive, and that's down by more than the S&P 500, for example, a significant amount more. What are your thoughts on how that's playing out in America with that divergent performance that we're seeing? Yeah, look, I think that, um, yeah, and we think even that rotation from, from growth uh, to value you know, gets further momentum um, over the course of this year. And I think, you know, you were looking at a situation when, particularly when you look at those mega cap stocks, you know, we're talking about companies with a trillion plus market capitalization. Yeah, many of which had done uh, had done very well, obviously during the during the pandemic from 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 the stay at home thematic, you know, that is, and you think of those those bang stocks. Um, but yes, evaluations elevated, yeah, really lifting the bar of expectation. And when you look at rising interest rates, which are used to price 
future cash flows, which is such a big part of the equation for growth stocks. I think that's yeah, that's a little bit problematic. Um, growth level, growth rates were you know, incredibly high uh, for the early stage or the through the mid to uh, re- recent stages of the pandemic, but they're starting to moderate, and you're starting to see this come through. In, in the latest uh, earnings season over there. So I think that rotation probably continues. I think companies that, um, you know, d- deliver, you know, will, will continue to be well-rewarded. And we've seen a few examples. We might be able to chat about those in a minute. Uh, but those that miss expectations are possibly going to be punished. So uh, as we're pointing out, if you look beyond those sort of top 10 or 20 large cap tech stocks in the US, some of the share prices, uh, of, I think it's around about 50%, of, of the NASDAQ are down 50% or so from their 52-week highs. So that process has already got, gotten well underway, you know. But valuations certainly aren't cheap. So I think, yeah, there's going to be that focus perhaps more on value, particularly as interest rates uh, and bond yield curves are rising. Yeah, it's an interesting backdrop. And if we look at the results, as we're, um, we're getting company reports out um for the fourth quarter now. There's some pretty spectacular uh, results coming out, but also there's some pretty spectacular responses to them. Um, are some of the uh, share price movements you're seeing in response to um, to company announcements uh, pretty big compared to what you'd expect? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the, the volatility uh, has been yeah, fairly immense. If you look at the you know, recent weeks, you know, I've seen moves as well, not just over the course of the day, but in the last hour. I think, you know, that's all about that bar of expectation, also a bit of uncertainty about what the Fed, of course, was, was going to do. Generally, if you look at the earnings season in the US, it's actually not been too bad. 80% of S&P 500s that have reported uh, thus far, around about a third of the, the index, uh, have exceeded expectations. We've got around about another 100 um, reporting in the coming days. So generally, it's gone pretty well. But as you, you suggested, that you know, the, there's been some hits. So Apple was a great one. You know, delivered in line. The whole sort of saturation with iPhones has sort of gone out the window. You know, they're releasing new models and, and, and they're doing very well. But there's been the misses have been harshly treated. Netflix, you know, missed, missed by a, a huge margin in terms of subscriber, uh, the subscriber outlook. And it's also not just about what's gone, but it's also about the outlook. Massive reaction to Netflix. Uh, similarly, Tesla. You know, the, the fact that Elon came out and said that uh, we're not going to produce any uh, new models this year because we're chip chip challenged. I mean, there was a massive reaction to that as well. So yeah, the markets don't are in no mood for negative surprises at the best of times, but I think that sensitivity has been heightened. Uh, there's There's been some other great results. So from some of the bellwethers over the course you know, of the season, which uh, already gives us a bit of confidence, we've got Microsoft, you know, they're doing very well. They're um, certainly a bellwether. Uh, also, the, the credit card companies, including Amex and MasterCard, shows yeah, the consumers in relatively good nick. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot of t- uh, takeaways, but there's, there's a divergence between those companies that are meeting expectations or exceeding and those companies that are sort of coming out with um, a negative surprise or two. Yeah, there was one day last week when the US market was down at about 4% when I got up in the first thing in the morning and then by time, uh, probably like you, at about 9 o'clock when I'm starting to look at the close and tidy up my comments before I launch them out for the day, it was back to being in positive territory. So big swings. And those days don't happen very often. Uh, To me, they... uh, 
remind me of why I don't try and time the market um, and, and prefer to take a longer term view. What do you think of, um, of those sorts of days? And, and more generally, what do you think investors should focus on when we start to see that sort of turbulence where the markets are, are getting very volatile within a session? Yeah, I mean, it can be quite unnerving. Um, you know, I guess particularly if you're, uh, you know, if you're trying to, as you say, time the market or, or, or trade the market uh, intraday, anything like that. Um, look, you know, we're focused on the situation as investors. You know, I, I think what what we're seeing at the moment, there's, there's, there's going to be plenty of challenges over the course of uh, what remains of this year. You know, we're only a month into it. Uh, COVID's still with us. Uh, a new variant may even come along. There's a little bit of uncertainty about what the Fed is, is doing, and, and obviously other central banks tend to follow that. Quite hawkish you know, in terms of that recent meeting and recent press conference, but that could change as well. Uh, we've got other things. We've got Russia and Ukraine. We haven't talked about that, but there's plenty of challenges for investors. So, yeah, the, the, I suppose the old saying is, yeah, cool heads prevail, and I think that's probably the, the, the right thing to, to do as an investor, obviously, you know, respective to your own situation. But, you know, look beyond perhaps short-term volatility and, you know, yeah, perhaps what's on the other side, what's on the other side towards the end of this year. Yeah, you know, we're seeing yeah, a lot of positive stories about from the corporate sector, about the outlook. We're seeing economies uh, still set to grow this year, perhaps not as, uh, not as rapid growth as we've seen last year. So I think that's all a favourable environment, but I think it is very important. I think we're seeing, as alluded to, signs that the market's generally becoming a little bit more choosy, a little bit more picky, There's, um, particularly with respect to reactions to results and the like. So I think now more than ever is a great, is the best time for sort of investors to check in, focus on uh, on quality. I think that's something we're certainly doing at Devon. So we're looking at companies that perhaps maybe cheaper that may have been cheaper than they were but have got great businesses, good pricing power, and really importantly, good balance sheets, because yeah, that's going to come into focus as well, particularly if bond or an interest in effectively lending rates are picking up. So yeah, I think it's really now more than ever an important time to sort of maintain that financial discipline as an investor. Yeah, that one comment there about pricing power is relevant. I mean, none of us as consumers like uh, inflation, uh, particularly when our wages aren't keeping up with the inflation rate. But to a certain extent, it does show that um, that some businesses have, have got good pricing power. There's a lot of demand out there in the economy. So the flip side of this inflation pressure we're seeing is, is the reflection that businesses are able to pass on higher prices and protect their margins, which is a, a reasonable development. And um, the question for me is, when we're talking about this persistence of inflation and my role as an economist is just how high rates uh, will go up. Um, our forecasts have mortgage rates in the sort of 5 to 6% range over the next few years, which from a historic basis is actually still pretty low. And likewise for corporates, the rates are higher than what they were a few years ago when we think about interest rates, but they're still not painfully high like we've seen in some periods 10, 10 to 20 years ago where, where rates were much, much higher. So there's there's some real positives in this uh, in this backdrop as well, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head that um, yeah, regardless of the environment, yeah, inflation, yeah, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's going to ebb away as su- supply chain pressures ease or whether it's a bit more persistent, it, it seems to feel like it's going to be around to us to a certain degree. Um, yeah, interest rates, you know, don't look like they're going to be heading down. They're going to be heading north again. To what extent that is remains a question. But, 
yeah, but you're, if you're in a, a company that's in, it's in, a, in a reasonable industry and also yeah, uh, cost pressures were probably a consistent theme, have been a consistent theme, certainly over the last six months, as you say. So, yeah, those companies that are in a good position you know, to, to pass it on you know, can mitigate that impact, can maintain that margin strength and ultimately can you know, maintain those returns to shareholders, you know, particularly for some of the, uh, the, the, the dividend uh, heavy companies that sort of operate in the New Zealand and also the Australian market. Yeah, yeah, for um, for us and, and for our, our, our investors, I think these um, periods of volatility um, highlight the importance of, of getting advice, that's for sure. And, and one of the things which, whenever we're looking at periods of time like this, none of us like it, but actually drops of this magnitude, around the 10% sort of level, do actually occur reasonably reasonably frequently and uh, it's a bit of a pain when it interferes with everyone getting on with the important stuff in January like having summer holidays and and watching the tennis and the cricket but it um they do come along and, and rattle markets once every year or two making sure that you've got the right investments for your goals sticking with investment plans is is, is really important to do at times like this when it's very volatile so hey thanks for joining me with your thoughts today Greg I really appreciate having you on the show and, and hopefully our listeners really appreciate that there's there's some quite positive stories going on in the market at the moment with some of these company results and some of these businesses you're looking at. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Chris. And uh, yeah, my pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing so again. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Have a great day. Okay, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the ASB Investments Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on a future show, get in touch at podcasts at asb.co.nz.